Welcome to Fusion Student Ministries. We hope this message equips and encourages you. Before we start, have y'all been, have y'all noticed this series? How many of you, first off, have been going to church on Sunday? Raise your hand. Or to this church on Sunday. Okay, figured that'd be a large majority. But anyway, have y'all noticed the series that Pastor Todd is doing right now called The Core? And so, real quick, kind of a funny story. I was praying last month about what I wanted, you know, what the Lord wanted me to preach on this month. And I really felt like community, like we like we preached on, like I preached on earlier, I really felt like that was it. And so um, I had a bunch of other uh, sermons that I wanted to preach before. And so I was not listening to that. And anyway, the night before, it was a Tuesday night, I was praying. I just felt like, man, community. That's what that's what I got to preach on. I didn't have a message prepared. Well, the Lord gave me a message in five minutes and it was like, cool, man, I, that was great. You know, it never happens. And so that's why we started. I had no idea that Pastor Todd was preaching a series on relationships, which is in essence community, you know. And so after that, after that Wednesday, that Sunday, he preached on relationships. And I just thought that was the coolest thing. Like, man, God's so on time, huh? Like, what's the odds we'd be doing that here and he's doing it there? So anyway, I wanted to kind of uh, tell you all the inside scoop on that. I didn't know that was happening. And so it's cool. God is good, you know. All right. Well, um, so let's recap real quick. Two weeks ago, uh, we covered several aspects of community. I preached on um, community as a whole. Uh, first, we defined community, and I'll redefine that real quick. Community is a feeling of fellowship with others as a result of sharing common attitudes, interests, and goals. And then camaraderie, that was my personal favorite spin on that definition, is a feeling of trust, a bond created by shared goals or experiences. And a little subpoint under that was you don't have to be best friends with everyone in a group to know that you have their support. And so that's, in essence, that's a word picture, so to speak, of camaraderie, you know. Um, and we also said that community needs to be developed over time. You know, it doesn't, doesn't just happen overnight. It's an investment. Um, then we talked about the importance of community as it pertains to our personal growth, encouragement, and accountability. Um, we talked about killers of community, things that just... If any community was starting to grow, if any friendships were starting to grow, these things stop that growth and just it just kills relationship. That's gossip, slander, selfishness, and fear. Those four things kill community. And lastly, we mentioned six ways to provide an atmosphere that helps to build community, foster community. One is we have to be real and open with people. Uh, two is we have to be open to diversity. Not everyone has, has to be just like us in order to be our friend. A lot of times people get caught up in that. They think, well, man, I can only befriend people who are just like me. That's not the truth. Number three, we can't be easily offended. Whenever you're easily offended, um, man, it, it, it really gets in the way of ever making it past, uh, you know, a, a hardship or a struggle with friends and, and, and that doesn't result in, in a strong friendship. You know, strength and friendships are built through making it through tough times together. Um, 
Four, we can't be too harsh on others. You know, a lot of times we might know what's right or we might know what we need to say to friends and, and we might see blind spots in friends. You know, we all have blind spots, uh, which is a blind spot is something that you do that might get on somebody's nerves or, you know, something like that. You may not see it. Nobody wants to get on each other's nerves, but somebody else might see it. And if we're easily offended, we'll miss that opportunity to correct that. And if we're too harsh, we can sever a friendship, right? So um, number five, we have to be willing to empathize with others. Uh, we have to be willing to empathize with others. I'm going to elaborate more on that. And, uh, and lastly, we need to encourage each other. So we need to be encouraging, right? Um, so that was two weeks ago. Well, last week we put into practice uh, what we discussed in week one on community. And I'm just recapping this because I want to draw it all together so that it makes, it makes sense as to why we did what we did last week and why we talked about what we talked about in week one. So last week, uh, we discussed things with each other about our personal lives. And that, like we mentioned in week one, that takes a little vulnerability and a little trust. And But, but we did that last week as a group, right? Um, we, we had questions ranging from what's your full name and why to where are you from? Uh, questions like where do you see yourself in five years to where do you see yourself at 50 years old? What's your proudest moment? What's your most embarrassing moment? And we got a couple funny responses from that, you know. Um, and then even some tougher ones, uh, like what's your biggest fear and what's your biggest regret? That's some tougher questions to answer. That requires a little bit more trust and vulnerability when you tell somebody, man, this is what I'm scared of, you know, and this is something I did that I really regret. But that is where community is built. It's on trust and, and vulnerability. Um, the purpose behind the small group discussions was to give us a chance uh, to know each other beyond surface level conversation, right? And, uh, and to be able to go a little deeper with each other, that creates a healthy level of intimacy, right? And, and we always hear, like Pastor Todd mentioned on Sunday, intimacy, we think of like romantic intimacy. And, and there's, there is romantic intimacy, but in, in relationships, the brotherly love type love, there's a healthy intimacy. And that's what we're talking about when we talk about community. Well, in the spirit of community, um, tonight I want to talk about one of, and this is my opinion, my strong opinion, the most valuable aspects of community, and that's encouragement. Um, I believe that encouragement is the fabric of healthy community. Um, I don't know about you, but I, I love to be encouraged. Um, well, I do know about you. Everybody loves to be encouraged. Everybody likes that, right? Everybody likes that. If someone says, man, I don't, I don't like to be encouraged, they're lying. They like to be encouraged. Um, but before we start off in talking about encouragement, I kind of want to share some, some statistics with you uh, that I, I researched today. So this is all last year, okay? Last year, there were over 327,000 abortions. 327,000 abortions. That's in 2014. Okay. Out of over 2 million marriages last year, 2 million marriages in the first year of marriage, over 76,000 marriages got the people, you know, couples, excuse me, got divorced. 76,000 couples in one year. Isn't that crazy? 
Last year, 15% of high school students dropped out of high school. Only 56% of students who enter college actually finish in college. Only 56%. The other 44% quit. Um, there's over, last year, there were over 40,000 suicides in the U.S. alone. 40,000. I think it's beyond fair to say that um, people are desperate for encouragement. People are starving for encouragement. These statistics and this short story that I'll share in a second alone, um, they help us to better understand why the writer of Hebrews said this. And I mentioned this a couple weeks ago, but in Hebrews 10, 24 through 25, it says, Without wavering, let us hold tightly to the hope that we have, for God can be trusted to keep his promise. Think of ways to encourage one another to outbursts of love and good deeds. And let us not neglect our meeting together, community, as some people do, but encourage and warn each other, especially now that the day of his coming back, again, is drawing near. A couple of things here I just want to, and this isn't in my notes, I just want to kind of hit this. One thing that talks about hope. Let us hold tightly to the hope we say we have. As Christians, we have a hope that other people don't have. We have that. And you can watch encouraging videos and all this stuff, but they don't have the encouragement that comes from the hope we have in, in Jesus. That's something that only Christians have. And that it's awesome, but it, it certainly makes us think, man, we need to get busy, you know? We need to get busy in community. Um, another thing, it talks about uh, God can be trusted to keep his promise. Man, he not only has a promise to us about being able to hope in him and trust in him, he's got a promise to everybody on this earth that ha that he has a purpose for them, right? And so when I think about the, the 40,000 suicides last year, it really breaks my heart, you know, because they didn't know that. Um. And then it says, think of ways to encourage one another with outbursts, outbursts of love and good deeds. Man, that gives you two things right there. Well, how do I encourage people? Love them and with good deeds, right? So anyway, as, as I was reading these statistics, I was reminded of this story. Um, I heard about this, this guy, his name is Kyle, the young guy named Kyle. I heard it years ago and it, the Holy Spirit just brought it back to my mind and just Draw in on this, okay? Y'all pay attention to the story. It just really encapsulates the need for encouragement, okay? Um, one day, when I was a freshman in high school, I saw a kid from my class was walking home from school. His name was Kyle. It looked like he was carrying all of his books. I thought to myself, why would anyone bring home all his books on Friday? He must really be a nerd. <laughs> I had quite a weekend plan, parties, and a football game with my friends tomorrow afternoon. So I shrugged my shoulder and went on. As I was walking, I saw a bunch of kids running towards him. They ran at him, knocked all his books out of his arms, and tripping him, so he landed on the dirt. His glasses went flying, and I saw them land in the grass about 10 feet from him. He looked up, and I saw this terrible sadness in his eyes. My heart went out to him. So I jogged over to him 
and as he cr- as he crawled around looking for his glasses, I saw a tear in his eye. As I handed him his glasses, I said, those guys are jerks. They really should get lives, man. He looked at me and said, hey, thanks. There was a big smile on his face. It was one of those smiles that, that showed real gratitude. I helped him pick up his books and asked him where he lived. As it turned out, he lived near me. So I asked him why he, I had never seen him before. He said he had gone to a private school before now, and I have never I would have never hung out with a private school kid before. So we talked all the way home, and I carried his books for him. He turned out to be a pretty cool kid, way different than me, but pretty cool. I asked him if he wanted to play football on Saturday with me and my friends. He said yes. We hung out all weekend, and the more I got to know Kyle, Although we were different, the more I liked him, and my friends thought the same of him. Well, Monday morning came, and there was, there was Kyle with a huge stack of books again. I stopped him and said, dang, dude, you're going to really build some serious muscles with the pile of books you got. He just laughed and handed me half of the books. Over the next four years, Kyle and I became best friends. Still very different, but best friends nonetheless. When we, when we were seniors, we began to think about college. Kyle decided to go to Georgetown, and I was going to Duke. I knew that we would, be, uh, that we would always be friends, that the smiles would never be a problem. Um, he was going to be a doctor, and I was going for business on a football scholarship. Kyle was valedictorian of the class. Now, this is where it gets good. Y'all draw in. He says, I, I teased him all the time about being a nerd. He had to prepare to... He had a a prepared graduation speech way in advance, which validated my point of him being a nerd. I was so glad it wasn't having, I wasn't having to get up there and speak. Graduation day, I saw Kyle. So he looked around. He looked great. He was one of those guys that really found himself during high school. He filled out and actually looked good in glasses. He had more dates than me and all the girls loved him. Boy, sometimes I was jealous of him. He says, today was one of those days I was jealous. He said, I could see that he was nervous about about his speech. So I smacked him on the back and said, hey, big guy, you'll be great. He looked at me with one of those looks, the really grateful one that I'd seen in the past and smiled. Thanks. If I get choked up on this part, just bear with me. He says, as his speech As he started his speech, he cleared his throat and began. Graduation is a time to thank those who helped you make it through those tough years. Your parents, your teachers, your siblings, maybe a coach, maybe a pastor, but mostly your friends. He said, I'm here to tell you all of of that being a friend to someone is the best gift that you can give them. I'm going to tell you a story. I just looked at my friend. Um with disbelief as he told the story of the first day we met. He had planned to kill himself over the weekend. He talked of how he had cleaned out his locker and had all those books, only so that his mom wouldn't have to do that later, and he was carrying all his stuff home. He looked hard at me and gave me a little smile and said, thankfully I was saved. My friend saved me from doing the unspeakable. I heard the gasp go through the crowd as this handsome, popular boy told us all about his weak moment, his weakest moment. I saw his mom and dad looking at me and smiling, that grateful smile, 
that I'd seen in Kyle. Not until that moment did I realize its depths. That's a real story. Proverbs says that death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it will eat its fruits. Man, it's powerful. Community is so powerful. It's literally, the death and life are literally in the power of the tongue. So, um, I'm going to get into how you can be an encouragement. And it's really simple. There's just, there's just four ways um, that I list here to be an encouragement. The first one is, is simply befriend people around you. Simply just befriend people around you. Proverbs 18.24, I use the King James Version. It makes the most sense here. It says, a man that hath friends must show himself friendly. And there is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. And doesn't that paint the picture of what we just read right there? Once you make friends, this is the second part. Once you make friends, take time to slow down and take a genuine interest in their lives. Life can get so fast paced and we can get so cluttered with deadlines and and so many school things and sports and those types of things that we can forget to do that. We can forget to we already have friends, man. We just just forget to slow down a little bit and, and take an interest in their life. Romans twelve fifteen says, Rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. And to simply put that, just do life with people. You know, nobody's perfect. Nobody's got it all together. Everybody in this room has a struggle. Everybody in this room struggling with something. And some of them may be more visible than others. And some of them may not be. You know, we all wear different hats. We all wear different masks. And, and, and you may not have a, a serious struggle right now, but you can't get out of life without them. You're going to have that one day. And you're going to need friends to pull you out of that. You know, I don't have this in my notes, but it reminds me, you know, Pastor Todd, he got choked up. And this is why he got choked up. The other day, he was when he was preaching, he mentioned a lady in church who... She was in the hospital. He hadn't seen her in a month. And when he asked her, hey, where, where have you been? She said, he says, I haven't seen you in, in a while. She said, well, I haven't been to church in a month. And he says, well, why? What happened? She said, I've been in the hospital. And he said, what? Did, did you call the church? Did anybody know? She said, no. He said, well, did, it, did anybody visit you? She said, no. He said, why? She said, I, I don't have any friends. Man, and so some of us have plenty of friends, and some of us don't have any friends. But community is so important. You know, if you were in the hospital, would you want someone to come visit you? You know. So the third point is love people through kind words and deeds. You know, before I get into this, everybody likes to be around someone who is an encourager. If you don't have friends, start encouraging people. If you need encouragement. A surefire way to get it is you be an encouragement because people want to be around. When you see someone who's encouraging, you're just like, man, every time I get around that person, I leave feeling encouraged, man. A person that, that, that paints a good picture of that for me, how many of you know Miss Clara? Y'all know Miss Clara? Isn't she awesome? Miss Clara's great. Well, how about Mr. Felton? Y'all know Mr. Felton? That's her fiance. I mean, he's the perfect match for Miss Clara. He's awesome. 
it never fails. Every single time I've passed Mr. Felton and Miss Clara, they tell me how good I look every time. Man, they compliment my my whatever, man, my dress, my shoes, my dress code. Now I don't wear a dress. But <laughs> who set me up on that one? Uh, Grace Lord. So, but they compliment me, man. They they got so much good stuff to say about me. I mean, they say stuff. It's kind of like when I get around them, it's like, ooh. And I always joke with them. I always say, man, next time I go on a date, I'm coming to hang out with y'all first. I'm going to be all bold before, you know. So, um, so Miss Clara, man, she she's an encouragement. Miss Clara is not short on friends. Everybody wants to be around Miss Clara, right? So if, if you say, man, I'm, I'm kind of short on friends. I, I need some friends. Start encouraging people. Start loving on people. People are going to want to be around you. People are going to want to be around you. And you can't encourage people if you don't do the first two things. If you don't take time to be friendly. And if you don't take time to slow down and notice things about them. You know? And, you know, I don't want to stay off track here. But while I'm preaching, let me just keep going. If you find yourself as someone who has a lot of friends, let me just, let me just bring some reality real quick. All right? If you got a lot of friends at this point, Life has a way of changing, and you might you might have friends in high school, but when high school's over with and you go to college, you're not the big kid on campus no more. That's just the truth. You are like you one in about twenty thousand people. It doesn't matter what sports you played in high school. It don't matter who you dated in high school, who your parents are. None of that matters. When you get to college, you a number, and if you don't learn how to make friends right now. It's going to be real hard to do it once you're in college. You know what I'm saying? So if you don't have a lot of friends, be friendly. Be encouraging. If you do have a lot of friends, that's good. That's where you want to be. But be humble enough to say, you know what? The tide could shift. And I need to learn learn how to make friends beyond just my natural ability. That's, That's what God wants us to do as Christians. Third is love people through kind word and deeds. 1 John 3, 11, and then 16 through 19 says this. This is the message you heard from the beginning. We should love one another. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. If anyone has material possessions and sees his brother in need but has no pity on him, how can the love of God be in him? Dear children, Let us not only love with words or tongue, but with actions and truth. This then is how we know that we belong to the truth and how we set our hearts at rest in his presence. Let me go back. If anyone has material possessions and sees his brother, if anyone has plenty friends and sees his brother, don't have friends. How can the love of God be in him? If any, if anybody has plenty friends, if, 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 if you are blessed to have a lot of friendships and you see somebody who doesn't, hey, humble yourself. If you're at school and you're eating at, at the lunch table and somebody's by themselves, hey, you know what's cool? When you invite them to come sit with you. You know that? That's cool. That's cool. It's not cool to look at them and, and just let them be. If Christ is in you, you can't do that. You can't just sit there. And be okay. That's impossible if Christ is in your heart. Because he wouldn't be okay. 
You know what I'm saying? So another scripture, Romans 12, 9 through 10. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Honor one another above yourselves. That's encouraging, right? And the fourth way, and and this is, I like them all. They're all necessary, but I like this one because I got some of my favorite quotes in here. Um, call out the good in people. Call out the good in people. Um, we don't have to go far to find discouragement. We don't have to go far to find bad things. It's not hard to look and see bad things in people. Like Pastor Todd, he mentioned this on Sunday. People are quick to tell you what's wrong and how bad of a job you're doing, but slow to compliment and encourage. That ought not be, huh? We shouldn't be doing that as Christians. You know, we can change the culture. You can change the culture in that. At school, wherever your sphere of influence is, you can change the culture. It is how it is. I mean, that's the way things are right now. But it doesn't have to be. It just takes one person to start being an encouragement. It just takes one person to, to notice something good about somebody in the midst of when they're doing something bad and bring that out. It just takes one person. Romans four seventeen says, that is, with, that is what the scripture means when God told him, I have made you the father of many nations. This happened because Abraham believed in God who brings the dead back to life and who brings into existence what didn't exist before. Who brings into existence what didn't exist before. Some virgins say, who, who calls things that are not as though they are. God calls us how he sees us. Not by our circumstances, not where we see ourselves. If you need encouragement now, if, if you don't need encouragement now, God sees you. Let this be encouraging. God sees you for your purpose. He sees you for who you are when he looks at you, not your circumstance. That's encouraging, right? Um, one of my favorite quotes, I have it written in my office. This is, this is it. It's by Chris Vallotton. Um, he says, how would the lives of people around you change? If you spoke to them, not as they are now, but as they're called to be. I'm going to say that again. How would the lives of people around you change if you spoke to them, not as they are now, but as they're called to be? Lives would be drastically affected, right? Let's all stand. Let's all stand. So before we can ever successfully become an encouragement, because really... All we have to offer without, without God is, is, is us. And, and to be honest, guys, we're not enough. We need Jesus. We need Jesus. And so uh, before you can successfully become an encouragement, you have to have a relationship with the encourager. That's Jesus. That's Jesus. So if you can, just close your eyes for a moment. Don't play around. Just, just, just stay still and just close your eyes and just take a deep breath. When people tell me to take a deep breath, I usually don't. So just take a deep breath. Clear your mind and be still. All right, I want to I wanna close by reading Psalm 139. And, and look, when I read this, guys, just be still and just receive this. The Lord wants you to hear this, okay? The Lord wants you to hear this. Of all the words that could have been penned in the Bible, this is, this is in Psalms 139. This is, this is for us. 
just be still. It says, O Lord, you have searched me and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You're familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you know it completely, O Lord. You hem in me behind and before, and you laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to obtain. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you're there. If I make my bed in the depths, you're there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for the darkness is as light to you. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them even came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts, O God. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I wake up, I'm still with you. Everybody just continue to keep your heads bowed. How encouraging to know that we have a God who created the universe. He's interested in tune and in love with us. Every person. A moment ago I mentioned the encourager. That's Jesus. I just read Psalm 139 where you heard of the detailed love that that God has for you. And so if you're in here and you would say that, that God really sounds great, but I'm not sure that I have a relationship with him. It doesn't matter how long you've been coming to church. It doesn't matter if this is your first time or your hundredth time. God is not concerned about attendance when it comes to salvation. He does not care how many times you want to to seat in church. He cares about the condition of your heart. If you say, Brady, I'm not sure that I have a relationship with God. I know a lot about him, but I don't know that I've ever really surrendered to him. If that's you, I just, every head in here is bowed. No one is looking around. If that's you, I want you to just slip your hand up. Just slip your hand up if that's you. anybody in here alright if you would say Brady I have a relationship with Jesus I know that but I'm dealing with discouragement right now and I really could use some encouragement I want you to raise your hand as well if that's you no one's looking around just raise your hand please hands are going up everywhere still eyes bowed hands stay up Keep raising your hand. Raise them high. Raise them high. Look, you, you got to be bold for the Lord. It's okay to admit you need that. Everybody needs encouragement. I need encouragement. If that's you, slip your hand up. 
Awesome, awesome. All right, you can put your hands down. And lastly, if you would say, Brady, I'm encouraged. I know God. I'm encouraged, but I haven't been much of an encouragement. I see people who need encouragement, and I'm not doing what I know I could be doing to encourage them. And I want that to change. If that would be you, everybody's head is bowed. If that would be you, raise your hand. Thank you all. I see that. It's awesome. All right, you can put your hands down. Now, everybody's head is still bowed. You know, before we dismiss, the Bible doesn't just write stuff to write it. It's not just in there just because it's in there. Everything means something. It says that where two or more are gathered in my name, I'm present. When you agree with someone on something, God is present. So don't rush out of here. I want people that raise their hand. I want you. I'm going to have my, my altar workers. I'm going to have my, my leaders come up to the front. I want you to come up and get prayed for. We're going to have the worship team play a little longer. Lights are going to stay off. I just want you guys, look, this is what community is. Community Christian community, it starts right here at the altar. This is where Christian community starts. People get saved here, they surrender here, and they grow here. So don't be, don't be ashamed, don't be embarrassed. If you raised your hand, after I pray, I want you to come to the front, okay? All right. Jesus, Lord, you're an awesome, you're an awesome God. You're an awesome God. As we just read about you. It's amazing. You never stop pursuing us. You never stop pursuing us. It doesn't matter what we're dealing with, Lord. You're there. Whether we feel you or whether we don't feel you. When we feel close or when we feel far, you're still there. You still love us, Lord. You're an amazing God. God, we could never do anything to repay you for how much you love us. That's, that's, it's so hard. Like the psalmist said, it's hard to obtain that. It's hard to understand that. But Lord, you love us, God. And Lord, you've called us to be an encouragement, God. You've called us to be an encouragement. God, I've I've been feeling this for weeks now. So strong, man. We're going to change the world. We're going to change the world. And the only way we're going to change the world is with God's presence in our lives. God, we want to change the world for you. That sounds cliche but man god you see our hearts you see motives god you see past cliche you know christianity churchiness god you see what's really going on beneath the surface lord we really want to change the world for you jesus i pray that you would just anoint me and every one of the worship leaders here to pray tonight with the students here god i pray you would give boldness and encouragement now to people that are in in this room that want prayer to come up. And Lord, I pray that you would fill us, Lord, with what to pray for. God, guide our prayers. This is a big deal. It's a conversation with you. Lord, we don't take that lightly. God, you didn't ask us to pray to keep us spiritually active and, and, and fit. You asked us to pray because you want to talk to us, Lord. So Lord, I just pray that 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 anointing would be over this place tonight, Lord Jesus. I pray that as, as we would dismiss, that encouragement would fill the hearts of everyone in here, God. I pray that you would just make everyone an encouragement to each other in here. God, that you would make everyone an encouragement to their family, even where it's hard to be an encourager, God. We can't do stuff naturally without you. We need you 
to help us to be a supernatural encourager, Lord. It's a gift. Your word says it's a gift. God, we want that gift. God, I pray for that gift over everyone here, that they would go to school, they would go to their families and be encouragements, Lord. We ask this in your in your mighty name, Jesus. We ask this in your name, Jesus. Amen. So those of you that want prayer, I can have my leaders just come up to the front, please. And if you raise your hand, I, I want to encourage you. Look, be bold. Everybody needs encouragement. Y'all come to the front if, if, if you want to head out. Go ahead. If not, come on up. All right, guys. Again, thanks for joining us. For more info on Fusion, you can check us out on YouTube, Facebook, or Instagram. Thank you.